recently I've been asking people around Bethany about the last time they saw a movie in theaters. In general, most people can't remember the last time, citing sometime probably around February or March of 2020. As you can probably guess, the COVID-19 pandemic and the restrictions that came with it are the cause. There was a devastating drop in movie theater revenue because of COVID-19. There isn't a definite measure on the damage done to the industry as a whole, but a prediction in March thought that there would be a total of $5 billion lost in the box office in America. Within two months of that prediction, there was a loss of $2.148 billion. In this time, when people are used to not going to theaters and simply streaming everything on demand, there's a question that should be considered by every movie executive worth his salt. Are movie theaters becoming obsolete? Before I go on, I should say that I'm going to be talking about a couple of movies in this, and I'm not necessarily going to be avoiding spoilers. So if you want to go into Godzilla vs. Kong, Tenet, or Love and Monsters uh, without spoilers, this is your warning. Many people's experiences with theaters were limited due to COVID, but I was personally lucky enough to have a small theater in my town that was somehow financially stable enough to open back up after the pandemic. However, as many movie fans know, movies were kind of sparse in this time period. The pandemic was a cause for major delays in nearly all big movies coming out. Ghostbusters Afterlife, do you remember the, uh, the remake of Ghostbusters where there was a trailer dropped with uh, Paul Rudd? and we heard nothing else about it until it got moved from July 10th of 2020 to July 11th of 2021. Black Widow, the uh, newest Marvel movie, was moved from May 1st of 2020 to May 7th of 2021. Uh, one that I was personally looking forward to a lot was A Quiet Place Part 2, got moved from September 4th, 2020 to April 23rd of 2021. And something that I think is kind of interesting is Free Guy, a uh, original video game type movie uh, starring Ryan, Ryan Reynolds, got moved from December 11th. Now, we don't know when it will be. In the place of new movies, this local theater that I was able to go to played older movies throughout the summer to try and earn any sort of income. And it was honestly a really interesting experience. I was able to see the original Jaws on the big screen, and it made me love that movie even more. Because it's, it's definitely one of the greatest movies I've ever seen, but there's always going to be a barrier between a viewer and a movie if they're not from the same time period. I didn't grow up in a time where I would ever be able to see Jaws in theaters, but because of this, I was able to experience it in a new way. However, this age of delayed movies and closed theaters could be nearing an end thanks to Godzilla vs. Kong, of all movies. But before we get to that, I think that there are two other movies that are worth mentioning in this discussion. The first of which is Tenet. I love Christopher Nolan movies. He has made some of my favorite individual or series-based movies that I've ever seen. His Dark Knight trilogy are some of the best, not just superhero movies, but best character-driven movies that have ever been written. His movies Interstellar and Dunkirk both pushed their respective genres. Uh, Interstellar in a way that was bringing the mind-bending action of Inception to a, a more sci-fi and space-themed world. And Dunkirk taking uh, an interesting perspective of a, of a historical event. But instead of focusing on character development, it just showed a historical event from as many angles as possible. And instead of being character-driven, it was event-driven. I thought that was really interesting. However, Dunkirk did this in a way where it covered a historical event. 
and you got to see the perspectives of many different characters without really getting to know them, but that wasn't the point of the movie, that, that's not what you needed to know. You didn't need to know the characters to see what they were going through. This same type of philosophy was what was applied to Tenet. And I don't believe it worked. I went to see Tenet having great expectations because I love Inception. I love the fantastic world that it takes place in, just bends your mind, and by the end it just blows you away. And the character that comes out of it grows because of the situation that he's been through. The opposite is quite true for Tenet. It does exist in a way where it, it has the same type of mind-bending action where instead of having to do with a dream within a dream, it has to do with inverted time travel and what that would mean for action set pieces. In Inception, there was a story within the story, like a dream within a dream, where the main character was dealing with the loss of his wife. In Tenet, the main character, in the credits, his name is listed as protagonist. This is a very intentional decision by Christopher Nolan to totally remove character from his movie. Now, whether or not this was an experiment, I believe it failed. Because when character is taken out of a sci-fi movie like this, there's nothing tying the audience to it. Another problem that people will bring up with Tenet is the sound design. It's very difficult to understand what most people are saying throughout the majority of the movie. And I think this is a major loss, because dialogue is what is needed to tie the audience to characters in a fantastic world. When the audience can't relate to a world, characters are what are used to tie the audience into the movie. But when the audience has no connection to the world and no connection to the characters, there's nothing keeping them tied to the movie. Christopher Nolan also heavily promoted seeing Tenet in theaters, that it was the only way to see it. He did it in such a way that it came off less excited about his own movie, about what he made, and rather frustrated at the world. And this type of attitude towards your own project didn't come off well. Tenet was far from a commercial failure. It had a budget of 200 million and made 363.7 million in the box office. However, this isn't one of Nolan's major successes. Overall, Tenet was something that was supposed to drive people to theaters. But while I was there, I felt like leaving. The next movie that I think is worth mentioning in the story between the pandemic and movie theaters is Love and Monsters. Try to get over that title a little bit. I understand how corny it is. It's definitely not trying to be something super artsy. I've actually had an interesting relationship with this movie, so to say. I hadn't seen it in theaters. I hadn't really heard of it at all. I just saw a video about it on YouTube and I thought that it looked interesting, but not interesting enough to try to pursue it any further. Over spring break, I was on a plane that offered free access to certain movies and TV while you were on the plane, and I ended up watching the entirety of Love and Monsters, and I really enjoyed it. I loved the world that it took place in, the CGI was just incredible and super creative, it was refreshing to see an original story, but the part that stuck with me the most was the acting. The casting of Dylan O'Brien as the main character made this movie ten times better. The writing and the way he brought out his character made his character of Joel one of the most relatable that I've ever seen, at least to me personally. Love and Monsters is a perfect example of how quality 
isn't necessarily a guarantee for great financial gain. With a budget of $30 million, Michael Matthews was able to create something new and something that I, I thoroughly enjoyed. But it hurts me to see that the box office return was only $1.1 million. But to be honest, I didn't have a theatrical experience with this movie. I watched it on my phone that peaks out at 720p. But I still loved it. I still liked it because of the character in it. And I do believe that there are certain movies that are good in any context. And I don't believe that Love and Monsters is something that you have to see in theaters. I would have loved to see it in theaters because the designs of the monsters would be great to see on the big screen, but good writing and a relatable character don't depend on the size of the screen. Godzilla vs. Kong, on the other hand, I'd say heavily depends on its context. I did see Godzilla vs. Kong in theaters. I don't regret it whatsoever. I had seen a couple of the Godzilla and Kong movies before, but I wasn't that invested in the fight. It just seemed like fun. And I think that's all it was trying to be. Godzilla vs. Kong is the type of movie that movie theaters still exist for. I went and saw the movie with my friend, and we had an amazing time. Just seeing these two colossal monsters beat the crap out of each other for two hours. It was a blast. There was one entire subplot that I was pretty frustrated with, and it was written rather horribly. Because this subplot did have a pretty good cast with Millie Bobby Brown from Stranger Things and Julian Dennison from uh, a movie that I just saw recently called Hunt for the Wilder People. If you haven't seen it, it's on Hulu. It's hilarious. Go watch it. But the writing of these characters just totally put them in situations where they weren't allowed to be funny, they weren't allowed to be impactful to the plot in any way, but it really didn't matter because we weren't there to see characters, we weren't there to see minor subplots, we were there to see a giant monkey and a giant nuclear lizard beat the crap out of each other. And that's what we got. Kong vs. Godzilla had some of the greatest CGI that I've ever seen in a movie, and it was just a blast to see, especially at the end. Now I know that it's possible to criticize this movie, compare it to Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice, where instead of the main characters actually fighting and, and having opposing ideologies where only one of them can win, but, you know, Superman says Martha and Batman has mom issues, so they stop fighting and become friends to go fight the other giant CGI monster. That's not great writing. But does it really matter in Godzilla vs. Kong? I don't really care that Godzilla beat the crap out of Kong and then just left him so that they could go fight Mecha Godzilla together. I don't care because Kong and Godzilla were fighting Mecha Godzilla. It's totally ridiculous, but it was jaw-dropping to see in a big screen. And it was definitely made better by the community experience that I had with it. <laughs> there was this older couple sitting behind me that was just reacting to each and every hit. Whenever Kong would punch something, they would go, Oh! Oh, who do you think is gonna win? This community viewership of something, brand new, is what still draws me to movie theaters. I definitely believe that streaming services have value, but there is something lost when just watching a movie by yourself on a laptop, rather than with a room full of cheering people in front of a giant screen. Good writing is good writing, whether it's on your phone or laptop, but when you're just watching something fun, something that's a showcase of CG and ridiculous battles, go see it in theaters.